Hi, I'm Carlos, and welcome back to Daily Manna, where we're learning to feed on the Word of God, chapter by chapter. Today's chapter is 1 John 3. I've been really enjoying 1 John. The language is simple, but the content is profound and mysterious. This is a characteristic of John's writings. I don't know if you've ever considered who John was. Well, he was one of the young disciples of Jesus. He was the little brother to James. Both James and John were impetuous and ambitious. In other words, they were like many young men. They wanted to call fire down from heaven to consume people who had rejected Jesus and even asked of Jesus to sit at his right hand in his kingdom. When they were called by the Lord, they were called together while mending nets with Zebedee, their father. And then in Acts 12, James' martyrdom is recorded. So John outlives his brother by around 50 years. So by the time John's writings show up, he's an elderly man. So the young, impetuous, ambitious disciple had grown up and matured into a man full of God's life, light, truth, or reality, and God's love. Since he became such a man, he could minister these things to us. We see what the Lord did with him through what he writes in the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and the book of Revelation. And by this time, things had begun to creep into the churches, especially the churches raised by Paul. Paul had already passed on years before. And teachings other than God's economy had come in, bringing in big distractions, even substitutes and replacements for Christ himself, especially through philosophies and ideologies. So here, John is mending or repairing, gently and sweetly restoring the believers, making them complete and bringing them into what is the real thing. And how does John do this? Well, pay attention to what John emphasizes. This is really quite amazing. He brings the believers into life, God's life. In Greek, this word is zoe. Maybe you've heard this before, or maybe it's new to you. Either way, I hope it's fresh to you this time. Let's jump back for a second to John 3.16 and listen to the life words. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes into him would not perish but would have eternal life. And again, John 20.21 John says that he wrote the Gospel of John so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So John is showing all of us that we should pay attention to Zoe life. Even God himself describes his person to us as Father, Son, and Spirit. A father and son illustrate a relationship in life. And another word for spirit is breath. Breath is an essence of life. Isn't this striking? So here is the elderly John writing to the believers. He's the last writer of the New Testament and even the whole Bible. And remember what he was as a young man. Now let's come to 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and we are. Wow, we are children of God. Because of this, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Then verse 2, 
Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been manifested what we will be. We know that if he is manifested, we will be like him, because we will see him even as he is. Incredible. Miracle of miracles. Human beings can be begotten of God and become children of God. And now, as a result of that, we're becoming something. We're becoming like him. John knew this fact more than as some teaching to just pass on. This was his story, and he wrote it so that it can be our story, too. Can you believe that? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes into him would not perish, but would have eternal life. This eternal life makes us his children. Now as his children with his life and his nature, imagine what kind of characteristics could be expressed. Using life science terms, we've received God's genotype. Imagine what kind of phenotype we will have. Well, when we grow into maturity, we will be just like him, a full-grown man. But as we grow, the virtues of that life are manifested little by little. We grow by abiding in him, and we manifest his life and nature by abiding in him. Remember, 1 John chapter 2 transitions into chapter 3 with obeying the inward teaching of the anointing, which is to abide in him or remain in him. Then the first part of chapter 3 shows that when we abide in him, we practice righteousness and even are pure as he is, in contrast to the old man that lives out and practices sin or lawlessness. Then the second half of chapter 3 shows us that when we abide in him, we practice the divine love. These verses are just wonderful. I would suggest eating them. The key in both halves of this chapter is to abide or remain in him. Any kind of righteousness or love that we practice apart from abiding in Christ is not the real righteousness or real love. There's a difference between man's righteousness and love and God's righteousness and love. One is the container, the other is the content. Man's desire for righteousness and his human love is like a glove in the shape of a hand, but it is not the hand. So I might love people while I'm not abiding in the Lord, but that is only a glove love. It's pretty limp, it's temporary, and it's conditional. But when I abide in Christ, that love is now full of the hand love, the real thing. It manifests the divine life that we've received to be children of God. It is because of the life dispensed into me, making me a child of God, that I am able to abide in Christ and thus practice the real righteousness and real love. To abide means to stay or remain, which means that I'm already there. The impossible has already been done. I've been put into Christ and Christ has been put into me. Now I just need to stay there, remain there. I don't have to try so hard to not sin or to practice righteousness. I don't have to work so hard at mustering up love for the apparently unlovable. Actually, I just need to realize that I am a child of God. And that life is totally capable and able to express its characteristics. Isn't this wonderful? This is what John ministered to the believers then, to mend, restore, and perfect them. And this is what the Spirit is ministering to us now as we're being mended, restored, and perfected inwardly 
as we approach the end of the Bible and even the end of the age before his return, the Lord did this with John and he will do it with you and me. And we know that we've passed from death into life because we love the brothers. When you believed into Christ, you were born of God. Christ, the only begotten, came so that you and I could become part of the many begotten. And we don't just get born, we grow. And as we grow, the characteristics of that life start to be expressed. Until, as in verse 2 of 1 John 3, we will be like him because we will see him even as he is. The world will see him and they will realize what has been gradually coming out from you they didn't quite get. But it's clear then. We will be like him because we will see him even as he is.